Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Good morning, church again. How are you? Let's give our great God praise. Give Him praise. Lift it up. Give God praise today. All right. That's what we're here for, here for a celebration, and we're so glad that you are here. Um, So, if you're here for your first time, thank you for coming today. And when you come in, so many times people come in, they don't know what to expect when they come to church and all of that. And you come in here and you look down the road and you look at people, and sometimes you feel like you're a sinful person. Probably the person you're looking at is outsend you 10 to 1. Now, don't judge them. Don't judge them. I'm just telling you, you know. So, just all of us have sinned and fallen short of God's glory, but thankful to His Son, Jesus Christ, who became the sinless sacrifice to save us from our sins. So let's give our great Savior some praise today. All right, church? So anyway, last week I started a new short series called Truth Over Trends, because that's what's happening. Um, These trends have abated the truth, and we want to talk about what the truth is when it comes to three particular gifts that God gives us. He gives us time. I talked about that last week, and if you weren't here or you were missed it and you didn't get that, be sure to go to our YouTube channel or to our website or on the app. You can review that, talking about the gift of time. And then we're talking about today, talents, and next week talking about treasures. So time, talents, and treasures are three gifts that God gives us to be able to steward, but how do we do that? That's what we're talking about. So what I want to do, a foundational verse in this series that I want to be able to read is John's Gospel, chapter 2 and verse 17. Would you read this out loud audibly if you can with me? Here we go. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. How many of you want to please God? Raise your hand. Yes, we want to please God. So when we please God, it means we're going to get to live forever. So how, what does that work? How does that work and what does that look like? We want to please God by being a good steward of time, talent, and treasures that God gives us. So today when we talk about talent, how many of you here ever watch America's Got Talent? Raise your hand. Yes, probably most everybody watches America's Got Talent. Now, I've seen some very good raw talent on that show, and I'm just like, wow, (laughs) that's amazing. And then, for the sake of the show, they always put somebody on there that's horrible. Would you agree with that? And they get buzzed, and, and they get run off, and all that kind of stuff. And I guess it's just for the ratings or whatever, but here's what I know. Freedom's Got Talent. And man, I'm looking out here to the faces of a lot of people who got a lot of talent. Now, when we were little, we always talked about what we would grow up and dream about and what we wanted to do and all those kind of things. And, and I remember a lot of different talents that I would see growing up and people and things to do. Well, I was watching a guy on the playground in the fifth grade. His name was Robert. And Robert was trying to walk on his hands. So I thought, well, I'm going to try to walk on my hands too. So I took it more serious than Robert because from the time from fifth grade that I got into junior high, which is now known as middle school, I had mastered walking on my hands to the point that I could walk all the way around the outside of the basketball gym's black line and back to the point that I started. I could walk better on my hands than I could on my feet. Seriously. 
And you know what? Even to this day, I still walk on my hands. Let me ask this question. How many of you were here when I walked on this stage on my hands a, a, a couple of years ago, whatever? Look, a bunch of you were here. Yes. So don't ask me to walk on my hands. Raise your hands again. Talk to these people. They'll tell you I can still do it. But the point of it is, is that it took some discipline to be able to take the talent to the next level. Here's what I know about all of you. God has given every single one of us talent. As a matter of fact, he's given us those gifts. And it says this in Romans chapter 12. Look what it says, beginning in the first part of verse 6 already. It says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. See, the world needs you without what God has given each of us. Look at the person next to you and say, the world needs you. Look back at him and say, the world needs you too. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Well, understanding that you, to be able to use the gifts and the talents and abilities that God has given you, you were created to fulfill a unique role, and the world needs you to be able to do that. Using your God-given talents that God has given you, it isn't an option. It isn't something that's an option. I just I'm, I think I'm going to do. You use them in your career. You know, you spend about 25% of your life in your career. You want to use the gifts and talents that God has given you in your career, but also you ultimately want to use them to be able to serve and bless other people. Now, yes, it's vital that we use them in our job, and, and I hope and pray that whatever job or career path that you're in, that God is, is leading you on, that you're getting to use your talents and abilities in that, because we are responsible to use our gifts and talents that God has given us to be able to, to be a blessing to someone in the world around us. So don't keep those things locked up in your life. In addition to using our God-given talents in our jobs, we need to use them to be able to bless and serve other people around us. It's so, so important. I'll continue reading in Romans 12. It says, so if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging if it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You see, some of you are thinking already, and this is not an exhaustive list, but Paul is telling the church at Rome, just like it is for us today, that the gifts that we have are to be used to be able to be a blessing, not for ourselves, but other people. And people are thinking, well, you mean I'm gifted to serve? Absolutely. Your talents are not for your benefit. You were created to serve. You were saved to serve. And God wants you to take the gifts that he's given you and give them back so that it can be a blessing. We can be his hands. We can be his feet. You don't want to know why you're alive? You're alive to serve God by serving other people. That's what we do. Jesus done it for us, didn't he? He came down the stairway of heaven. He put on skin. He walked among men. Began his ministry at 30 years old. For three years he served others, ultimately serving and giving his sinless life as the supreme sacrifice for my sins and for yours. So you know what you are? You're a minister. And some of you think, a minister? And I thought, well, that's what you are. No, 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 you're a minister. We're all, I'm an ad minister. My job is to be able to equip you to do what you need to do. You're a minister. That word simply means to be a servant or to serve. And, and, and But you know, some of you are thinking, I'm not called into ministry. Oh, yeah, well, you're called to salvation, aren't you? Jesus, for those of you that have given your life to Jesus Christ, he knocked on your heart at one time and he called you to salvation and you asked him to forgive your sins and you're born again and you get your name written in the Lamb's book of life. But then you're called to serve. 
That's what God does. He calls us to be able to serve. So, but not every Christian is going to be a pastor, no. However, every Christian is a minister, and every Christian needs a ministry in the church and a mission in the world. Every one of us. So I ask you today, what is your ministry and what is your mission right now? Can you put your finger on it? See, God has given talent to everyone, but success with it is our opportunity. Our opportunity. What separates any talented person, think about this, from those who are successful, you know what separates them? Those who learn God's perspective, and then they lean in on God's perspective. You learn it, and then you lean in on it to be the guiding factor for your life. Do you think God really cares in life? You ever thought about this? Do you think God really cares if you're successful with your talents? Why, absolutely. Look in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Look what it says. It says, study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. When you look at this verse here, there's basically four participles in it. First, we study the book. We study the Word of Almighty God. And then we meditate on that what we're studying. And then we become obedient to that which we just meditated on. And then after we meditated on it and we studied it and we've been obedient to it, then and only then can we prosper and be successful in all that we do. Success comes when you and I commit our God-given talents back to God to be able to serve our our families, to be able to serve our church, to be able to serve our career, to be able to serve our, fa- our business and community. God didn't create, create me and you just to experience periodic success. God created all of us to, to be able to have sustaining success. But success is difficult. And sudden success can be self-destructive. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you here heard about the guy in California that won the lottery with $2.04 billion? How many of you heard about that guy? Raise your hands across here. Now, how many of you played to win it? Don't raise your hand. Somebody will judge you. I promise you. Some people asked me about the lottery, and I remember I had a pastor growing up, and they asked me, I said, Pastor, you think it's wrong to play that lottery? He said, no. He said, the devil's had it long enough. That's what he said. So anyway, but think about this guy. He gets all this money suddenly. And when you look, I don't know if you know this, but when you look at these lottery winners, 70% of all lottery winners are basically broke within a few years. They don't have anything in a few years. Think about pro athletes, all the talent that they've got. Sports Illustrated did a study on them and found that 78% of pro football players are either bankrupt or in serious financial stress within two years of the end of their career. They also found when it comes to the NBA basketball players, the pro basketball players, that 60% of them are broke within five years of the end of their career. You say broke, I'm talking MC Hammer broke, okay? But what ends up happening in our country 
is that a lot of times in the U.S., people think that they deserve success. They think that success is a right, that somebody ought to give it to them. How many of you know somebody like that? You see these young ones coming up, and they don't realize it's about what we're going to do with the talents. And that's what I want to talk to you about. So you've got to humble yourself, Peter said here. Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time, He will lift you up in honor. See, we often worry about power. We often worry about prestige. We often worry about a position or a status that we've got in this life. And when you do that and you feel like success is a right, that's when pride will come into your heart and life. And when pride resides on the inside, it's not going to be a good outcome at all. It's all about humbling yourself in obedience to God, and then He will bless you in His timing. But it's even so much more than that. When you seem so far from where you want to be and you're trying to get there, what does the enemy do? The enemy comes in and tries to discourage you to throw in the towel and quit. That's not the time to quit. Life's not just about where you are, but it's who you are becoming and where God wants to take you in your life. You got to be humble. You got to be submitted. You got to go back and think, I got to study this word. I've got to meditate on this word. I got to be obedient to this word. And then when I am in the course of that journey, then God will raise me up and prosper me and help me to be successful for his glory and his honor. See, most people, they don't seek the life that God wants to give them. They just settle and accept right where they're at. You're never too far from where God wants to take you. Don't ever forget that. We're going to look at these few verses at the end of Psalm 78. And I don't know if you've ever peered into these verses or looked at the depth of what they are, but they're amazing. I hope when you turn on your Bible, you can highlight it or you can underline it in your Bible. Psalm 78. Let's take a look at verses 70 through 72. We're going to look at the servant, the greatest king of Israel ever was, was David. He chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep pens. He took David from tending the ewes and lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. He cared for them with a true heart and led them with skillful hands. Can you imagine what that's saying? Is that God took David from tending the sheep to tending a nation. Took him from the sheep pins to the Israel's palace. See, God is molding and preparing you on the inside for what God wants you to do on the outside. But when you look at this story, why is it that God lifted David up? Why did God lift him up? When you go to the, go to the New Testament, you see in Acts Acts of the, of the apostles here in chapter 13 and verse 22. But God removed Saul. Saul was the king, the first king of Israel. They, he removed him and replaced him with David, a man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. That's the key. You're after the heart of God, and then you do everything. And God knows they're going to do everything I want them to do. Why did God remove Saul? Disobedience. Remember I talked about obedience? Removing from the kingship for disobedience. And we can miss out on what God wants to do in and through our lives by trying to hide sin in your life, by making a bunch of excuses. And Saul's heart no longer belonged to God. You know what it was? Because of his own selfish interest. That's what he was worried about. 
that, what he could do with his talents and his gifts. God gives everybody talents, but it's for his glory. God wants to lift each of us up. However, the question is, are you after the heart of God? Are you after the heart of God? Look at 1 Samuel in chapter 16. What's taking place here? God has sent the prophet Samuel to be able to go and to be able to anoint the new king. And so he sends him to the house of Jesse. And when he gets there, basically when he arrived, check out what happens here. It says, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. You see, when he gets there, he looks at seven different sons that he thought would be the king. And he looks at Jesse and says, is this all your sons? He says, no, I got one more that's out in the field tending the sheep. He said, go get him. And when he went and got him, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samuel, and he knew that David was the one. And then he took the oil and he anointed him. And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon David powerfully. See, everybody thought that when you look at Saul, he's this towering, tall, handsome guy from the outside, but God always looks on the inside. It's the quality of our heart. And David is out in the field. He's being faithful by shepherding the sheep, and he's out there killing the lions, the tigers, and the bears. Oh, no. But next thing you know, God raises him up because he was doing what he needed to do in the journey, and then he bloomed where he was planted, and God raised him up. See, the greatest secret to your success in life with your talents that God has given you is for you to be ready when your time comes. We often want to rush it up, though, don't we? See, God transforms you when you remain under where you are in faithful endurance for the success that God wants to, to give you. Do you realize the very thing that maybe you've been trying to get out from under is the answer to the prayer that you've been praying for? Praying to start a family. Maybe it's praying to start a new company. Maybe it's praying to receive their promotion. Maybe it's praying to, to, get, to finish the degree. Maybe it's praying that you get the chance to lead the project. Whatever that it may be, God doesn't have any problem with blessing you with those things. It's you getting prepared His way to be able to receive them. So God places us under some things to transform us. But we want to get out from underneath those things quickly, don't we? And that is the preparation ground. And some of you think, you just don't understand, God, this is just way too difficult. No, 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 he's preparing you. He's preparing you. God wants to do in your life that which appears to be so challenging at times, and he wants to give you the life that he made you to have. But there's a preparation ground at times that you've got to be prepared to receive that he wants you to be able to have. See, God gifts all of us with talent, but he challenges us with our character, which leads us to the hope, and then we have the success. That's what's amazing. Since God gave us all this talent and he created us to be able to succeed, why is it that so many seemingly taste success? Why is that? See, in our lives, there's a huge difference. Listen to me closer. There's a huge difference in knowing and doing, in action and inaction, in being prepared 
or living your life in repair. Think about that. Let that resonate with your spirit just for a moment. Your success to your God-given talent is going to be determined by two things that we get out of these, these verses here in Psalm 78. First and foremost, it's going to be by the skill of your hands. Look what it says there. It says, and, and led them with skillful hands. That's what David did. In other words, skill means what you do. The word skill from the original Hebrew, the word skill means understanding. It means that David knew what to do. It wasn't reference David's talent that he had. We all have different talents. The Scripture teaches us that. But skill isn't what your abilities are. Skill isn't what your talents are. Skill isn't what your gifts are. Your success isn't determined by your talents. Your success is determined by understanding what to do with the talent that God's given you. Skill is powerful. It's very powerful. Look at Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 29. I love this in the message. It says, observe people who are good at their work. Skilled workers are always in demand and admired. They don't take a back seat to anyone. See, if you want to be promoted, it takes skill, and skill will promote you to more money. Skill will promote you to more opportunities. Skill will take you places. We all have talent, and if you aren't successful, it isn't because you don't have talent. But you lack the skill to funnel the talents in the direction of the success. Your skill is determining where you're going to be successful at by this, your daily disciplines. So what do you mean, Pastor? How many of you can tell me the name of the person that we we attribute the light bulb to? Thomas Edison, right? Thomas Edison, when he tested his first successful light bulb, and I quote him, he said, I have not failed a thousand times. I have successfully discovered 1,000 ways not to make a light bulb. Perspective, right? Perspective. What you do today is going to determine how successful you're going to be tomorrow if tomorrow comes. And what you do in the future is going to depend on the previous years of your daily discipline. You've got to make a decision to start, and discipline is what's going to help you to finish. And that's the truth. The earlier in life you start, the better off you're going to be. Get these holy habits down. Daily disciplines will determine the skill, and the skill will determine the promotion that you get question is, how are you willing to do it? Are you willing to sacrifice in those daily disciplines? See, when you're disciplined daily, it determines our success. And we underestimate the power of daily disciplines and the multiplying factor that it adds up, that it adds up, that it adds up, that it adds up. I'm going to name a name and y'all raise your hand if you know who it is. Anybody know who Jalen Hyatt is? Raise your hand real high. Jalen Hyatt. All over. Hold your hand up high. It's okay, be proud of it, because he attributed us beating Alabama this year. Come on now. But it, hey, listen, don't, all of my Alabama brothers and sisters, don't get mad at me. You cherish those last 15 years of wins. We got one. That's not the point I'm making. Not the point I'm making. Goalposts are in the river. Let's, let's just move on. Jalen Hyatt, in that game, he caught five touchdown passes which attributed to 35 points out of the 52. Now, did Jalen Hyatt just show up at every other practice or when he went home and watched TV, just flipped a football in his hand a little bit or something? No, no, no. You know how many many footballs he caught this past summer? 
Over 15,000. That's why when his hands went up in the game time, his fingers were sticky enough to get the ball and bring it down as a catch. The problem is a lot of people, they don't get into the preparation for the day when the game comes. And you end up losing. It's all in the daily preparation of what you're doing in your life. We quit on investment too soon and then we miss out on the return. That's what happens. Your success isn't determined by your talent because God's given every single one of us talent. Our success will be determined by our skill, and that is knowing God in the daily discipline that I'm going to spend time with my God. I'm going to study His Word. I'm going to meditate on it day and night. I'm going to be obedient to it. I'm going to be reading. I'm going to be praying. I'm going to be journaling. I'm going to be reading books of the, of the area that God has taken me in. I'm going to try to exercise and take care of myself. I'm going to invest in my relationship with God and my family and my church and all those things. It's those daily disciplines. It's a choice to have skill. To have a skill. You think Freedom Church just dropped out of the sky here? No, no, no. Did this drop out of the sky? It was a process and a journey of honing the talent that God had given us. And I have so loved this journey. Nothing worth becoming or accomplishing is ever going to be easy in your life. What you do to add in your life, and God wants to do that, will be determined by the skill to bring success through the talents that he's given you. It's like this. I was preparing this week, and I didn't even tell the last church. I didn't tell the last service this. I'll, I'll get a little bit more in detail. I take very serious that you're willing to sit here and listen to me. From the depths of my heart. That you'll get up voluntarily out of your bed in the morning that feels so good. The devil destructs your face, don't he, when you're sleeping on Sunday morning. Just sleep. Just sleep. But then you get up and you, you get ready and you show up here. And I want all of y'all to know I take that serious. Real serious. That this week it was so serious. We're normally off on Fridays. I came back in because I didn't feel peace. I normally put 12 to 16 hours into what I'm going to share with you that's anywhere from 35 to 50 minutes. If I just got up here and I just thought, I had a hard week, oh, they'll understand. And I just get up here and I open the Bible and I, and I said, let me, I'm going to read the first verse to get to. And Judas went out and hung himself. Teach y'all about somebody hanging themselves. Not good. It's a daily discipline that makes all the difference in the world. I'm challenging you to look at your life and see what you need to add into your life to bring promotion to your life. One year, five years, ten years from now, you're either going to be where God wants you to be or you're going to still be right where you are. Today matters. And some of you think, well, you don't understand, Pastor. I'm just too old. No, no, you're not too old. If you can get up and be vertical, you're not too old. If you're living and breathing, God has a plan for you. He has dreams for you. He has a purpose for you. And that's when God didn't give you talent to be able to waste it. And some of you think, well, I'm young. I'm still real young. No, start now. Don't wait. There's an old saying, Noah didn't go wait for his ship to come in. He went out and built one. 
That's what we got to do. We got to have that powerful, godly initiative in our lives. And just tell God, God, here I am. God, use me for your glory. Run after that destiny. Run after the dreams of the heart that God has given you. And practice those daily disciplines with the talent that God has given you. And it will have a greater compounding effect than you can ever imagine. But not only does it take the skill of your hands, takes the integrity of your heart. Psalm 78 2 in the first part of verse there says he, David, cared for them with a true heart. True heart meaning integrity. True heart is the integrity of David's heart. And integrity comes from the root word integer, which the root word integer means whole. Now if we had to be perfect to have integrity, no one would possess it. To be whole means I'm not going to segment my life. I'm not going to come in here and think about God today. I feel like T.D. Jakes. I'm not going to come in here and let this be the, the time that I think about God and then I go out and just think about everything else all week and I don't think about God. As I told you a few weeks ago, the problem with people putting God first in their life that God don't get in the rest of their life. You say, what do you mean? He's to be the center of your life. Everything comes from Him. God in my relationship with him, God in my family, God in my church, God in my career, God in my hobbies, in my community, and whatever else in the ministry and the mission of your life that he gives you to be able to do. The integrity of your heart, listen to me, will open up the door of success and skill is what's going to sustain that success. It's been said that a person really is who they are when no one else is looking. That's the person you really are. Are you a person of integrity, whole in God and everything coming from Him, and are you a person that has Christ-like character? You might taste success with your God-given talents, but I will tell you this, without integrity, you won't be able to sustain it no matter how talented that you really are. It's important that you understand that. Once you begin to walk in God's ways, God's will is the only way to live. The height of your potential will always be in proportion to your surrender to what is right in Him. Always. God was preparing David when he was shepherding sheep out there by himself in the day and often, no doubt, the lonely nights. And it took years of that early preparation a time of training ground for the future responsibility that God had in store for him. And it made me, I began to think about my own life and I began to think, well, I started, when I started, I messed it up. I gave my life to Christ when I was 12 years old, but I got 18 and through that period of those years, I got mixed up with the wrong people and I ended up in jail at 18. 
I began to pray and say, God, this is not me. This is not me, God. I began to pray and say, God, if you'll give me the incentive and touch my life and lead me, I'll follow you. I'll do whatever you want me to if you'll get me out of the mess that I've got myself into. And I said, second of that, I said, if you'll send me a good woman that will help me to be able to be a life mate, I will serve her, I will love her till my dying day. And I will raise my kids in your will and your ways. So when I got out just a few years later, I met my wife, a whirlwind romance after a year. And I started going to her church and just trying to serve God. And I remember some of the deacons coming to me and said, would you like to go on Thursday night visitation with us? I said, sure. So we went out and we knocked on doors, inviting people to church. That's what we did back then. And every opportunity that I got, I took. I remember they had a, a youth Sunday thing and they wanted me to help teach the senior adult class. I said, sure. I said, I'll be glad to. What do I do? And they kind of gave me a guideline on what to do. And when long after I taught the class that day that the actual teacher had left the church and the pastor come to me and says, we want you to teach the senior adult class. And I thought, me? Even other people saying, oh, he's not old enough. Oh, he doesn't have the wisdom. Oh, he doesn't know the word. Oh, he is not the one. But he said, no, sis, you're the one. Seven years I taught that class. It was like the Apostle Paul, when the Apostle Paul got knocked off his high horse, he stealed away to Arabia for three years to learn the Scriptures. So seven years I was learning the Scriptures, and then God began to knock on my heart about preaching the gospel. And I thought, I thought I was literally lost. I had this burden. It was heavy, and, and I didn't understand it. And, man, I would go up and I would pray in the summer of 97. I said, God, what's wrong? I feel like I'm lost. But it was the first Sunday in August, 1997, that I went forward to pray. And when I turned around, I couldn't sit down. I looked at our church, and I said, God's called me to preach the gospel. Well, the next thing I know, I'm, I'm getting opportunities to preach the gospel, and, and I'm going, and I'm preaching revivals. What they, I guess they're still doing, but it's preaching revivals everywhere, and people were getting saved. And I was praising God, and I thought, God, I'm an evangelist. I know what's my heart. I don't want a pastor. I even made cards that said evangelist on it. <laughs> I'll, look, I'll come and preach, and then you clean up the mess, you know, kind of thing. And then I started going to school, because I think once you're called, it's important that you have some, some spiritual schooling to help you in your efforts for God. And that's when I read The Purpose Driven Church, the book that was written before, Rick Warren wrote before Purpose Driven Life. I many of you have heard of it, and we've even read it here. He says, no, in my spirit, God said... I not only want you to preach the gospel, I want you to start the church you're going to preach the gospel at. So after a year of preparation and seeking God and praying and people thinking that we were crazy, naysayers everywhere, we launched Freedom Church in Hendersonville High School Auditorium March 3rd, 2002. And here we are, over 20 years later and I'm humbled to get to be your pastor and let me tell you something there was a lot of days that I quit I just didn't turn in my resignation 
God kept me going, and my love for you kept me going. My love for my family kept me going. My relationship with Jesus always kept me going. But it's in those daily disciplines that God wants to take you on a journey that will blow your ever-loving mind for what he created you for. Like David was ready, and he took him from caring for sheep, he started caring for a nation. So let me tell you something. Don't treat your present situation lightly or irresponsibly. It may be God's training ground for your future. Because all of our talents, not just some of them, come from God. And he deserves a praise. That's what it says in James 1 and 17. It says, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. Every single one of us has something to offer here because God doesn't make junk. That's what King David wrote in Psalm 139 verse 14 when he said that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. See, nobody has the talents that's more important than someone else's talent. Yes, some talents might help you to make more money or something like that, but understanding that they're all equally important and God wants to put them to work for His glory to make something amazing through the body of Christ. We need to put our God-given talents that He has given us to use them for Him. The world needs what you have to offer and don't never miss that. God has given talents to every single one of us, but success with it is our opportunity. And the talent that God has given us isn't just for our success. It's for the significance of His glory. Because here's what I know. Our unique fingerprints will never fade from the lives we touch with the gifts of talent God gives us. Look at Psalm 37 and verse 4 and 5. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him and he will help you. Everything. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you in prayer to thank you, God, for all the talent that's here in your house today. Those listening online, God. God, may we commit everything to you, God. May we commit our families and our church and our careers and our business, our very lives, God. And that begins with delighting in you, Heavenly Father. So, God, we pray, God, for you to help us. May we trust you. How many of you here, you really know you just need to trust God and him to help you for the direction of success he wants to give you in your life? Just lift your hand real high across the auditorium and say, I need to pray and ask for his help. Everybody here is talented. Would you pray and ask him to help you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray and may everyone pray, God, help us, God, to seek your face for your strength, for your guidance, for your direction, that you would help us, God, to move forward, God, with the gifts and talents and abilities that you have given us to serve others. Maybe you just need to say to God, God, I've been doing things my way. I've been living according to my plan, but I'm going to trust you today, God. I'm going to step out and start that ministry. I'm going to step out and move jobs. I'm going to step out, God, and go exactly where you want me to go. God, you created me to make a difference, to win and to be successful with what you've given me. Just tell him, say, God, I'm going to do it. By the skill of your hands, Father, by the integrity of your heart, of our hearts in you, 
you will bring you will be brought glory and that's why you created us maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Christ before that's why you're here my friend you're not here to take up space you're not here just because you showed up today or a friend invited you or twisted your arm you feel the Lord Jesus Christ knocking on your heart it's because he wants to lead you in the life he created you to live it begins with knowing him in your heart and having your sins forgiven. So if that's you today and he's knocked on your heart and you need to ask him for the first time to save your soul, lift your hand real high. So we're all praying. Just lift your hand real high across the auditorium. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Just lift your hand real high and say, I know God's knocking on my heart. God bless you. Would you just pray to him where you're at and say, God, I want to make you the Lord of my life, your son, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for coming and giving your life, your sinless life for my sin. I believe you died for me and you arose for me. So I ask you to save me as I believe in you. I give my life to you. You prayed that and you meant that from the depths of your soul. Thank him for that right where you're at. He's going to give you his present power of the Holy Spirit go with you through your life caused a party in heaven Father thank you for what you're doing God I pray your presence and power be with us God to lead us as we really go to the next level in our relationship God with you studying your word meditating on it but yet not just obeying it with everything we got and only then will we prosper and succeed in all that we do we thank you for that promise in Jesus name we pray Amen Let's give our great God a great praise today, church, all right? Praise His holy name. We're going to go on to a time of giving, and I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. This is something that we get to do. Everything we have is His anyway, and He just says bring that portion back to His house and be obedient to that, that where I have blessed you, you be a blessing to others. And we do that collectively together as a church so we can reach people to know His Son, Jesus Christ. We're going to pray over that in just a minute. You can do that electronically. several ways that I tell you to be able to do that or tangibly as you leave with the ushers in the rear of the auditorium. But thank you in advance for your faithful giving to God. We'll never outgive Him. That's one of our core values of who we are. One of our high five values is everyone giving. Just very thankful to get to do that. Uh, most of all, if you gave your life to Christ today, please be sure to take a card out of the seat, fill that out. Come and see me over at Next Steps. If you did that, I have a gift for you if it's your first time to give your heart to Christ Jesus and let's commemorate this day. Uh, that's very important. But also, maybe you're here and you're brand new for the first time at Freedom Church. Thank you for coming. It means a lot to us. If you would take a card out of the seat or you can do it online, uh, take a card there and fill it out. Take it out the info desk. They're going to give you a gift to commemorate this day as you are, have came today and put as much information you, as you feel comfortable with on that. And if you're in a hurry and you don't want to stop and do and get the gift, just drop it in the offering as you leave. But also understand that we'd like to challenge you to give us a three-peat. Give us three Sundays to check it out and see if this is a church family for you because everyone needs a church family. I'm going to pray over the offering, then I have one thing to tell you, then I will cut you loose. Father, we love you, we honor you, we praise you. Thank you for the opportunity to give back to you. What a blessing it is that we get to do that. Multiply it, God, in a grand and mighty way so that we can continue to reach people to know you locally, globally, and everywhere in between. And bless those that give in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, real quick. 
Understand next Sunday after this service from noon to 2 p.m., we're going to be having our Next Steps luncheon. What it is, if you're a newcomer to Freedom Church, you haven't gotten plugged in yet, you would like to know what it's like. What is it to be a part of this church? What is it to, to know where we've come from, where we're going, our beliefs and our vision and our values and our history and all that? Myself and my wife and a few of our staff members love to share that with you. So if you would, take the QR code, sign up on that. Let us know how many kids you've got. We're going to feed you and your kids. And then after that, we'll take good care of your kids and, and give you the inside scoop of Freedom Church. Love for you to be a part of that. Don't miss that next Sunday off the heels of this service. Other than that, listen, I have a great surprise for you next week. You don't want to miss it. Come, bring somebody with you. Don't come alone. I love every one of you. God bless you. Have a great, great week.